you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we are in his presence because he said, wherever two or three gather together, in my name, I am in the midst of you. Praise God. And so aren't we blessed to be in the presence of the Lord? Glory to God. He doesn't just uh, dwell in temples made with hands, he said, but he came to be in us. We, body of Christ, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So he's here tonight. Praise God. And we're thrilled to be with you. Thank you, Pastor Sarah, Pastor Joe, for having us. We, uh, again, we just add our agreement. We know this is the right thing at the right time. Praise God. And so God's got something for each and every one of us. So I expect to receive tonight. Amen. Paul said, I want to be with you so that when we come together, he said, we'll both be refreshed by one another. Amen. There's something that happens when we get together in the presence of the Lord. The Bible says in Ephesians that, that the body of Christ were fitly joined together by what every joint supplies. So we all have something tonight. We've all come with a supply of the Spirit. Praise God. And so it makes a difference. You know, Pastor was talking about even just the hearing side of things. But it makes a difference who's here. God's going to speak to whoever's here first. Amen. I know we're probably joined by Facebook Live tonight. Some folks may be watching that direction and not just watching, but we hope you're participating with us tonight. Praise the Lord uh, wherever you are. And God will meet needs wherever you are tonight. Amen. But I just know from experience, he really basically talks to the people in the room first. <laughs> Amen. We made an effort to be here. Praise God. And so he's got something special for us. The bonus is that you get to participate online and still get the things that God has for you. Praise the Lord. So uh, glory to God. We're in the right place. I want to let you know that we do have some ministry materials that we brought with us. They're in, uh, I don't know what room you're calling that, that next door over here the cafe, and we've got some tables set up with our ministry materials. We hope you'll make yourself available to those. We have uh, USB flash drives that you can plug right into your car if you've got a USB port in your car or in your computer, however you use the USB. We've got two of, two of them. They look like keys. The silver key has all of our audio teaching on it, and uh, the black key has five music CDs on it. And then if you still like CDs, we've got a few CDs out there as well. And uh, so we hope that you'll want to take us home with you, praise God, and get a little bit more even after this weekend. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, why don't you open your Bibles with me tonight? If you brought your Bibles or your phones or your iPads or whatever device you look at your Bible on, I will probably never get rid of my Bible as a book. I am grateful for it. I like to underline things in it. I like to be able to turn to the pages. I, I see the way that it's laid out on the page and I like it. Praise God. So I want to invite you to go with me to John's gospel, the fifth chapter. John chapter 5, praise God. And uh, as, as Pastor said, we're, we're getting ready to encounter the power. Amen. Hallelujah. We're getting ready to encounter the power. Because Jesus said this. He said, these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they will lay hands on the sick. One of the things that will happen, they'll lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. Amen. He said, but you will receive power after the Holy Ghost comes on you. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we're expecting to receive power tonight. Hallelujah. And that may be my, I'm wondering if my microphone is having issues. And uh, if it is, it's the stuff we brought with us. It's not 
the, your church's issue. It's our issue. So bear with us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Look with me to John chapter 5. I love this event in scripture. This is Jesus uh, coming to the pool of Bethesda. I don't know if you're familiar with a, a lot of these events in the ministry of Jesus, but we have in the four Gospels, you know, many of these events are repeated in different Gospels. And But if you look at the total of these uh, events where Jesus ministered to people individually, you'll find that there are basically uh, 19 individual examples of Jesus ministering to people individually. Lots of examples where Jesus ministered to multitudes of people, crowds of people. And of course, John himself said that if, if everything that Jesus did could have been written down, the world itself couldn't contain the books. So we just have a small representation, really, of the ministry of Jesus. So if we have this small representation, 19 individual examples, and then we see where all the multitudes were healed in different places, then these must have been important things. For God to highlight these 19 examples that we can look at a lot of these things and see how God ministered to individual people. Because we sometimes think of, you know, the way that God ministers to us is just like, he loves the whole world. You know, Um, Pastor Sarah and I uh, took a little walk around downtown yesterday and and there was a man there playing the keyboards and he was singing, he's got the whole world in his hands. (laughs) You know, he's got the whole world in his hands. And sometimes we think of in terms of the whole world and we forget the individuality of the, and the personal side of how God wants to minister to us. And we think sometimes in terms of masses or in terms of his will to heal all people. And yet at the same time, we sometimes think, well, maybe something else is more important than me. Maybe somebody else's issue uh, needs God's more attention than my issue. And we tend to sometimes kind of think in terms of, you know, well, I can do without because somebody else probably needs more than I do. And so we have these individual examples in the Gospels that really show us the goodness of God to us personally and how he talks to people individually Because Jesus is the express image of his father. And he's always showing us the father. And in one place, you know, Philip, uh, one of the disciples uh, said to the Lord, he said, he said, um, or excuse me, yeah, Philip, he said, he said, Lord, show us the father. And he said, have you been with me this long? So we can have these examples and look at these examples and see this is the way God looks at us. This is the way God feels about us. And he wants to be personal with you. Amen. And so uh, I like so many of these individual examples in the ministry of Jesus. And so let's look at this one in John chapter 5 and verse 1. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting. Everybody say waiting. What are they waiting for? (laughs) They're waiting for the moving of the water. 
waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now, doesn't this sound like an interesting place right off the bat? A pool of water with five porches around full of people, full of sick people. Not just full of people, but full of sick people. Blind, halt, lame, paralyzed, waiting for this angel to stir up the water. And whenever that angel would stir up the water, whoever got in first was made whole. Now, I don't know why it was this this way, but thank God there was a way for people to get healed. (laughs) Amen? And uh, this was, of course, had been in, in place for years and years before Jesus even came on the scene. There were people there because we see in a minute there was a man there for 38 years. So this is this has been going on way before Jesus even came on the scene and way before his healing ministry got, you know, what we would we would maybe call famous. And so these people who were around this pool hadn't even heard of Jesus. They didn't even know that Jesus had a healing ministry. They didn't know that he was anointed to heal. They were there focused on this moving of the water because they knew. Whoever got in first, they'd seen it over and over and over and over again. Obviously, whoever got in first was healed. So you know that this place has got to be a little chaotic. Right? It's not an orderly place. Because if only the first one in gets healed, you know they're not like standing behind each other in line with the velvet ropes and, you know, just waiting in turn and they're not social distancing (laughs) They're not waiting six feet apart, you know. No, you go first and being patient. You know, if the, if the water moves, they're clamoring to get in. Because in their mind, all they know is the first one in gets healed. So I'm, I'm watching that water. I'm looking for that water. I know that if I'm the first one in, I will be healed. So you can imagine, right? That you'd probably want to be really close to the water. If only the first one in gets healed, you're not going to want to be somebody, you know, 500 yards away. But there were five porches full of people. So, you know, they're not all close to the water. Isn't that also true? I would think you'd want to be the closest one to the water. So you could just roll in if you, you know, if you couldn't move much. Or, you know, you'd want somebody to help you in. You'd want somebody to push you in. You'd want somebody, you know, if you had money, you could hire somebody to watch the water, (laughs) you know, and push me in if it moves. So what an interesting place. But at the same time, like I said, not everybody can be close to the water. There's got to be people. If there's five porches full of people, there's also people not very close to the water. You can imagine if they haven't been the first one in ever and they keep trying and trying and trying that after a while, you know, discouragement can set in. Disappointment can set in. You can get an attitude of, well, it never happens for me. So I might as well go sit in the shade over here. I'll be, you know, I'm happy for other people when they get it, but, you know, I'm just, 
I just can't, I just can't seem to get a hold of it. I just can't seem to do it. But at the same time, like I said, there are many times we kind of look at God on this global scale and think, well, yeah, but now I'm, you know, a little insignificant. I, you know, my thing probably isn't really that big a deal or, you know, God's got other things. So we came back to this church and this man was there and he brought his wife this time. Well, his wife um, had an issue uh, with her eyes. And there was another woman who came that evening and also had an issue with her eyes. And she had asked the pastor before the service, she said, "Uh, how long is this service going to be tonight? She wanted to know what time we're getting getting out of here, you know. And uh, the pastor said, well, why do you want to know what time it gets out? She says, well, um, if it's going to be after dark, I'm going to have to leave before it gets dark because I can't drive after dark. I can't see properly. And I need to be driving home uh, while it's still light. And so the pastor said, well, why don't you stay and get healed? And then you'll be able to drive home. And she thought, well, that sounded pretty good. So she stayed. And uh, we ministered to her and God healed her eyes. She knew right then that she was healed. Whatever, whatever it was that, that was bothering her eyes, she could tell the difference right away and she was healed. So the wife of the man who had the neck problem came up after the service to me and she says, well, I had an issue with my eyes too, but I didn't come up. I said, well, why not? She said, well, I figured that lady needed it more than me. And I wanted to think, who's, who, who gets to decide who needs it more than someone else? The lady said, I I figured she needed it more than I do. And I thought, well, why would she need it more than you do? Don't, don't you have an issue? Yeah. Doesn't it matter to you? Yeah. Yeah. I said, then why would she? I said, so if you don't get healed, would that make it easier for God to heal this lady? You didn't take her portion? (laughs) See how that doesn't make any sense? Well, I figure somebody else needs it more than me. Oh, so God's only got a certain amount that he can do on a Saturday night, right? Well, you have to, I'll wait till Sunday. I'll let somebody else get it tonight. See how we don't really make sense. We, we want to, sometimes we want to think that, you know, well, I'll, I'll be, I'll be humble and give it to somebody else tonight. Well, it's not yours to give. He's the healer and he's got plenty to go around. He is El Shaddai. Amen. The God who is more than enough. Praise God. And so this woman said, well, I figured, you know, that if I, I, you know, she needed it more than I did. And I said, uh, so I said to her, I said, oh, so God has more power if you don't get healed. And she looked at me kind of funny. And I said, are you born again? She said, oh, yeah, I'm born again. I said, you're saved. Yeah, I'm saved. I know Jesus. And I said, well, you seem like a pretty good person. I said, surely there's people worse off than you. I said, why in the world would you get saved when there's mean people on this earth that need Jesus more than you? And she says, well, when you put it that way. And I said, well, that's exactly the way I mean to put it. We all need him. We all need him. And there's plenty of him to go around. Glory to God. So if there's been an issue with you where you've just kind of maybe even even in your thoughts have kind of put things on the shelf like, 
You know, maybe this isn't so important. Or maybe this isn't really a big deal. I mean, it's, it annoys me, but it's not really a big deal. But let me tell you something. If it matters to you, it matters to God. It matters to God. Because he, doesn't he know every hair on your head? He knows when a sparrow falls. We all rejoice and sing, his eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. He cares about everything you care about. And some of, those, some of these things that we have, you know, just kind of put on the shelf and thought maybe it was insignificant or not enough to ask for, for God, you know, um, I should just deal with this. No. No. Uh, pastors mentioned uh, Brother Hagen's ministry, and, and we served him for many years. And he tells about a woman who came to be healed in one of his services, and she had a problem with her ears, problem hearing. And so she came to, to have hands laid on her for healing. And he ministered to her and her ears opened up. Praise God. Well, her ears opened up and she went back. She started to go back to her seat and she was limping using a cane. And Brother Hagin says, sister, sister, wait a second. Don't you need to be healed of that? And she says, oh, no, I can live with that. I needed to hear. But Why? But why? Why live below a standard that Jesus, the Bible says, he took upon himself our sickness, our pain, our disease on himself that by his stripes we were healed. We were healed. Amen? Another woman we were ministering to um, over in um, New Hampshire and she uh, was invited to the service by the pastors. And she actually was in a wheelchair because she had already had a portion of her leg amputated from complications from diabetes. And she was, in her words, 98% blind. And she hadn't seen color in four years. And she really could, she couldn't even see, if you were standing right in front of her, she couldn't see your face. And, uh, but she came from a, a different background. She didn't come from the same background, you know, of the church we were ministering at. So she didn't really know about the will of the Lord to heal like we do. And I'm assuming really that many of you already know it's the will of the Lord to heal. But she didn't have that background. And so when she came, many people had already been healed in the service and so finally, her husband wheeled her up to the front, and I could tell, you know, I could see that she'd had a portion of her leg amputated. And so I asked her what she came for. And she said, uh, she said, well, uh, I've got diabetes, and I've got complications from diabetes. She says, I, I really can, I, she said, I can't even see your face standing there in front of me, and I haven't seen color in four years. I just see, you know, kind of just shadows and and. She said, but I believe, and this is what she said, I believe that God has told me that I'm to hold a portion of this for his glory. I'm to carry this for his glory. Well, she was misinformed. 
She said, I believe that God wants me to carry some of this for his glory. So I said, may I be straight with you? She said, yes, please. And when I said that, her husband said, with tears, with tears, he said, I believe she thinks that in case the answer is no. She has made some sort of reasoning in her mind that if the answer is no to her, that it's the, then it must be the will of the Lord for her to carry this for his glory. So I said, can I be straight with you? And she said, yes, please. So I knelt down in front of her so that my face would be right in front of her in the chair. And I held her hands because these signs follow them that believe in my name. They'll lay hands on the sick. So I held her hands so that the power of God could go into her while we spoke. And I said to her, I don't doubt that you believe that you're to carry some of this for his glory. I don't doubt you believe that. But I said, the scripture will answer that question for you. How do I know? Because the Bible says that Jesus himself took all of our sickness and all of our pain. First Peter chapter 2 and Isaiah chapter 53 says that Jesus took all of that on himself. That by his stripes we were healed. He took it as an exchange. He paid the price for all of it. So I said, if he took all of it, does he mean for you to carry some of it? And praise God, her heart was open to hear the truth. And the truth will make you free. Amen. And just while I was speaking to her and some other things the Holy Spirit led me to say to her, but while I was speaking to her, all of a sudden her eyes got real big and she looked and she went, oh my goodness. I said, what? She said, I can see your face. And she looked right past me and looked at the pastor's wife. Her pastor's wife's name's Sherry. She said, Sherry, I can see your blouse. It's green. She left that service seeing clearly still sees clearly to this day, glory to God, that was three or four years ago now. And uh, still, some of her religious friends say, that's not possible. (laughs) They're still telling her it's not possible. She says, well, I can see, so it is possible. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But the point was, she was thinking, "I, I, I feel like God wants me to carry some of this. But that's not what the scripture says. And that one lady saying, I I can live with this thing I need to hear. But why? Why keep something that Jesus paid for? Amen? Why live beneath what he came to give us? So back to these people at the pool of Bethesda. They don't know yet what Jesus came to offer. All they know is the water, and one person at a time can get healed. I don't know how often it happened, but their eyes are on that water. That's, that's the only way they know to get healed. So you can imagine the possibility for discouragement in the rest of the people. If only one person at a time is getting healed 
after a while, you can imagine that a lot of folks would just go, oh, well, why even try? But we don't want to be that way today. We don't want to go, oh, well, why even try? Because good news is, and good news for this man and good news for us is, Jesus came. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's look at what happened when Jesus came on the scene. Verse 5. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Years. At what point do you think he thinks this is permanent? At what point do you feel like something's permanent? Well, this is just the way it is now. I mean, I've tried, doctors have tried, I've tried, I've tried believing God, I've tried this, I've tried that, they've tried medicating, they've tried taking, you know, and this is just the way, it, this is just the way, I, this is it now. This is the way I got to live. 38 years this man was this way. And Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time. He said to him, listen to this question, do you want to be made well? What kind of question is that in a place like that? Everybody there is sick. Right? Everybody there is sick. And Jesus says to this man, do you want to be well? I find that an interesting question. You would think it's a very simple answer. Matter of fact, there really are only two correct answers to that question. Isn't that right? Do you want to be well? What are the two answers? Yes or no? And you would think, and I like that, she said yes. (laughs) You would think the answer would be yes. But do you know not everyone even wants to be well? Sometimes people would like to be more comfortable, but they don't really want to be well. Because being well changes everything. To some people, you lose your disability. You lose an income, you might lose attention. Some people like the attention of, you know... Somebody always checking on you. Somebody always care. Uh, let me let me carry that for you. Let me do that for you. Let me let me make this for you. Let me you know. Some people really crave the attention of being unwell. And though they'd like to be more comfortable, if they were totally well, they might feel like they'd lose some of that. So it's really not as easy a question as you think. So he said, "Do you want to be well?" Isn't it interesting? That so many people want to know what the will of the Lord is. But Jesus is asking this man, what do you want? Do you want to be well? What if the man said yes and Jesus went, "Mm, sorry, it's not my will. Trick question. If he's asking him, what do you want? Don't you know he's able and willing to make it happen? Praise God. Do you want to be well? Do you want to be well? The man answered and said to him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Did the man answer his question? 
No, he didn't, did he? He said, do you want to be well? And here's the guy said, here's why I'm not well. Jesus said, do you want to be well? He said, well, here's the thing. Here's my deal. How many of you know we all got a deal? We've all got an issue. We've all got, a, we've all got excuses, reasons, explanations, right? Well, here's my thing. Here's how I see it. Even though we might even know what the scripture says. Yeah, but, you know, for example, uh, maybe there's a mobility issue. Maybe there's a pain issue. And we'll say, well, do you want to be well? Well, here's the thing. Here's how I got it. I injured myself in a car accident. I was in a car accident years ago. It's never been the same since. Well, does that answer, do you want to be well? No, it tells me how you got that way and that you're still that way. People will say, well, you know, I injured myself doing this. I injured, and a lot of times it has to do with injury that has either been self-inflicted or something you did that, you know, kind of made something happen. And so people think, well, if I made it happen, I probably have to live with it. It's my own fault. Some people, uh, even like folks have complications years later in life, emphysema or something like that. Well, I was a smoker all my life. So I can't really expect God to heal me now. Jesus didn't say, why are you here? He said, do you want to be well? He didn't say, what got you here? Amen? Why are you here? What's your problem? How come you're sick? He never asked anyone what they did to get where they are. Not one time in his ministry. Not one time did he said, so where did you open the door? Because <laughs> you can think all day long where I opened the door. Where did I open? I did. I must have done it. I opened the door. I opened the door. Well, does it, if somebody breaks into your house and the policeman come to get the report and you say, I left the door unlocked. And the policeman goes, well, sorry, we can't help you. Do they do that? Or do they still go after the guy that broke in? Yeah, but I left the door open. Oh, well, I guess we can't help you. You left the door unlocked. No, you still get the guy who trespassed. You still go after the guy who stole something from you. Amen. And besides that, to be honest with you, thieves don't need open doors. That's why they're thieves. They break in whether there's an open door or not. Amen. They don't play fair. So you can't say, well, I deserved this. I opened the door. So what if you did open a door? Still go after the guy who took something from you. And then lock the door next time. (laughs) Don't blame yourself. Oh, I feel so stupid. We've, we've done a, a few things. We've been, you know, where we have rental cars just about everywhere we go because we're traveling all the time and we've got different cars and you, you think you locked the door and you didn't sometimes, you know? 
And there have been a couple of times that things have been taken from our rental car that we had still, we left something in the car, maybe shouldn't have left it in there. But we've had a couple of times where something was taken from us. And you're thinking, I, I thought I locked the door. Now that there, there's no sign that they broke in, we must have left it unlocked. I thought it beeped. I thought I saw the lights. I thought, I thought, I thought. But you can't kick yourself of thinking whether, whether I did or whether I didn't. Somebody still decided to trespass on what was not theirs and went after something that didn't belong to them. It's still thief. Amen. So we went ahead and filed the insurance claim or we filed the police report. Amen. Because that's what you do. You go after the guy who broke in. So quit kicking yourself even if you did leave a door open somewhere. Just lock it next time. Get healed. Receive the mercy of God. Receive the goodness of God. Jesus said to this man, do you want to be well? And he said, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to answer this question at this point. Really? Because sometimes we get to that point where we, I don't even know how to answer that question. I've been disappointed so many times. He said, I, I've tried so many times to get into the water, which means he's tried. He's tried to make that connection. The only one he knows there is, is to get to be the first one in the water. I've never been able to be the first one in. Somebody always gets in in front of me. So it's, he's not just sitting back doing nothing. He's tried. He's done what he knows to do and still has not been successful, right? And so he's trying to explain to Jesus while he's still in this condition. When all Jesus said was, do you want to be well? Not why are you not well? Just do you want to be well? Because God's always looking at getting us forward. Everything in God is forward. Everything in God is forward. Praise the Lord. The goodness of God is in front of you. Hallelujah. So he said, I, I don't even have anybody to get me in the water. I don't know how to get there. I don't, you know, and think about it. He doesn't really even know who's standing in front of him. He doesn't even know who Jesus is. He's just a man who says, do you want to be well? He goes, well, I don't know. I've, I have never been the first one in. And all of a sudden, Jesus said to him, rise, <laughs> take up your bed and walk. <laughs> and immediately, the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. So all this time, this man, 38 years. Jesus said, do you want to be well? And the guy's going, ah, here's, I don't know, you know. And all of a sudden, Jesus goes, well, get up. Get up. And the guy had enough sense to basically just say, okay. <laughs> he didn't fight it. He didn't say, well, I just told you I haven't been able to get into the water. What do you mean tell me to get up? What do you mean? Jesus told that man to do something he couldn't do. 
How mean is Jesus? Mean preacher. Telling that guy to do something he couldn't do. That's so insensitive. No. Something changed. Because Jesus. Jesus was there. The Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit was there. And Jesus said to him. Get up. And that's the word of the Lord. Get up. Take up your bed and walk. Faith comes. When you hear the word of the Lord. Glory to God. But not only does faith come, but then there's a response to faith. There's an action to faith. It's not just something you accumulate in your heart. And at some point you have enough of it to do something with. Sometimes I think we have this idea That since faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, then we just got to keep hearing and hearing and hearing. And it's kind of like we got this big bucket turned up towards heaven. (laughs) And the more more faith we hear or the more word we hear, the more faith gets in our bucket. (laughs) And the more faith we get, eventually we kind of look at God and we go, is this enough to get my healing? Is this enough to get, is this, will this pay for it? Well, this, is this enough, Jesus? Do I have enough faith now to get something from you? One day these disciples said to the Lord, Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus said to them, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed. Right? If you had faith as just as small as a grain of mustard seed, he said you would say something and it would happen. <clears throat> In other words, you would do something. With that faith. So not only did Jesus say get up. And walk and the word of the Lord came to that man. But then he also did it. Praise God. Responded to that word. And got up. He did something he couldn't do. Many times if there's an issue of mobility. Or there was a pain issue or something like that. After we minister to people. We'll say now do something you couldn't do before. It's not to say, see if you can do this now. Jesus didn't say to that man, see if you can get up and walk now. Did he? He didn't say, see if you can. He said, get up. Do something now. And so very often we'll tell people, move your arm or bend your knees. Do something you couldn't do before. Not to see if something has happened, but to respond to The power of God that's ministered to you. Glory to God. Our response then to God activates that power. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So that man got up, didn't he? The Bible says the same day was the Sabbath. So later on, that guy's walking through, walking through town. It's the Sabbath day. He's carrying his mat. He's not supposed to do that. You know, that's against the law to do any labor on that day. And uh, the rulers of the synagogue there said, hey, wait a second. You can't do that. You're not supposed to do that. And do you know what he said? He said, the guy who healed me told me to. Which means he didn't even know who Jesus was. They said, well, who is that man? He says, I don't know. I don't know. 
So you can't even say that it was, you know, the fame of Jesus that made this man get up that day. It wasn't because he knew that he had done it for a whole bunch of other people. He hadn't heard anything before that day. You might come in here tonight and say, well, we don't know the Durants. Who are you? Who do you think you are? It doesn't matter who we are. It's Jesus who is the healer. Amen. So it doesn't matter whether you know us or not. You know Jesus. He's the healer. Praise God. So he said, I, I don't know. The guy who healed me told me. So he didn't even know who Jesus was. And God healed. Praise God. I love this individual testimony. Because it's like so many of us, we've tried and tried to connect. Haven't quite made that connection yet. But Jesus still says, do you want to be whole? Do you want to be well? Praise God. So Jesus saw him later that day. And then he said to him, go and sin no more. You realize he didn't address anything of that man's past until after he was healed. So what if he did open a door? Go ahead and get healed. (laughs) If there's anything the Lord needs to deal with you about, he will. Amen? But he loves you so much, he just wants you well. He wants you to move forward. Praise God and receive all that you can from him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's that good. Amen. I said, he's that good. Hallelujah. Amen. We were in another place uh, out west and and, um, there was a man there who had, uh, he was, uh, he worked as an electrician and on the job, he got uh, um, electrocuted. (laughs) He, uh, he had a big jolt of power and he, as a result of that, he had five different places that were herniated that the electricity just blew out spots in his body. One was up here on his chest, some things in his back, and he had tremendous back pain ever since this electricity went through him. And it was just, he was always in pain. And then he had these five different places with hernias. And he came to have hands laid on him for healing. And so we ministered God's power to him. I know the power of God went into him. I said, now do something you couldn't do before. Bend over, do something, you know. And um, he's like going, he, he bends over and he goes, no, no, I didn't. And he goes, but he goes, I'll, I'll be all right in Jesus' name. And something on the inside of me just wasn't satisfied with that answer. He said, I'll be all right in Jesus' name. And something just didn't seem right about that. And I said to him, well, sir, I said, you know, you just, I said, wait a second. I said, uh, now, First of all, when you said, I'll be all right in Jesus' name, in case you're trying to make me feel better right now, (laughs) that I ministered to you and seemed like nothing happened, but I'll be all right, don't worry about it. I said, in case you're trying to make me feel better, I got no stake in this. I'm not the healer. You don't have to make me feel one way or the other. It's not about me. It's not about me at all. I want you to connect with Jesus. I said, secondly, you said, I'll be all right in Jesus' name, kind of flippantly said in Jesus' name. 
I said, seems to me it's possible the way you're using that name is you're just kind of throwing it off and saying, well, if I say in Jesus' name, maybe that'll help. Just kind of throw in Jesus' name on top of it. I'll be all right in Jesus' name. And I said, seems to me you're just kind of throwing that on top in case that helps. And uh, he looked at me and he says, you know, you, you may be right. Well, I didn't tell him I know I'm right because the Holy Spirit's helping me, you know. And uh, I said, so, for a moment, instead of looking at me in front of you, who is your healer? Jesus, right? Jesus is the healer. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. How God wrought special miracles through the hands of Paul. It's always been God doing the work. Amen? These signs will follow them that believe in the name of Jesus. They'll lay hands on the sick. It's always Jesus. Amen? So I said, Jesus is your healer. Now, he's going to use my hands, but it's him doing the healing power. So I said, how about for just a moment, what if you could see Jesus with your physical eyes tonight? What if you could see him standing in front of you tonight because he's your healer? Would you look at Jesus and go, mm, didn't get anything? I'll be all right, Lord. Is that the reaction you would have? Not likely, right? If you could see him because he's here, you know. When we, when we minister to you, it's not a symbolic gesture. It's Jesus touching you, healing you. It's real. We're not doing this as a representation of, a facsimile of, a symbolic gesture. This is the way Jesus said, if you lay hands on people in my name, I will do it. Amen. So I said to this man, what if you could see Jesus standing in front of you? Wouldn't that change your expectation a little bit? Wouldn't you go, wow, that's Jesus. <laughs> I'm getting some tonight. Tonight is my, that's Jesus. Jesus is about to touch me tonight. I'm getting what Jesus has tonight. Praise God. Or would you go, I don't know, Lord, hit me again. <laughs> Can I, I, I don't feel it, but I'll be okay. Don't worry about it, Lord. No, no. If you could see him with your eyes tonight, you'd be saying, this is my time. This is my time to connect with him. I'm about to get up and take up my bed and walk. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't we lift up our hands right now and just magnify Jesus. Let's magnify Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. We sang about your name, Lord. Isn't the name of Jesus beautiful, wonderful, powerful? It's all we need. Jesus, you're all we need. Our eyes are on you tonight, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Say this. Jesus is the healer. Say it again. Jesus is the healer. Say this. Jesus 
is my healer. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, we love you tonight. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your goodness, your goodness, your goodness. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We magnify you, Lord Jesus. Come on, let's just worship him for a few moments together. Get our eyes on him. Connect with our heart right now. Praise the Lord. With your heart and with your mouth. Oh, Jesus, we love you. We honor you. We believe in you, Jesus. We believe in you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for coming out on a Saturday night. Glory to God. You know, the most important thing besides Jesus being the healer is, first of all, that Jesus is your Savior. Amen. We want to... Do you need something, Miss Liz? All right. Praise God. The most important thing is to know that Jesus is your Savior. Maybe you're watching online tonight. Maybe you're here tonight and you haven't really made a full decision yourself. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He came for the whole world. God so loved the world, he gave his only son to the whole world. But then the Bible tells us whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So even though he gave himself, gave Jesus to the whole world, he still offers us the opportunity to choose him because he wants everyone to make an individual choice for him because he wants a personal relationship with each and every one of us. So I trust that you're here tonight. You've already made that decision, but maybe you haven't. Maybe you've been reluctant. Maybe you've just been kind of waiting and thinking, well, you know, I know he loves the whole world. I just, I just think, you know, if I do good, I'll just get to heaven someday. But we don't just do good and get to heaven. Jesus did good. Jesus did good, and we take what he did. Nothing we do could ever measure up. But when we receive him and the free gift of his goodness and his salvation then heaven is our home. Praise God. So if you've never made that decision, it's yours to make. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is, a, this is a, a simple thing. God, I've missed it. I know that I can't get to heaven on my own, but I receive what you did, Jesus. I believe that you came and you took all the sin of the world, including mine, on you. You died And God raised you from the dead. And Jesus, I want to call you my Savior. I call you my Lord and my Savior. It's that simple. It's that simple. When you make that choice for him, the Bible says something happens. God then makes you a new creature. It's like being born all over again. You're brand new when you receive Jesus. And everything in front of you is new. Praise God. Hallelujah. We invite you to do that tonight. We invite you to make him your Lord and your Savior. Praise God.